Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Hey, good evening. How are you doing tonight? So good to hear. Uh, hey, thanks for being here tonight. If you're new, my name is Lucas, and I just wanted to welcome you one more time to church tonight. I'm one of the pastors on staff. It really is our joy to serve you. We hope you feel that as soon as you walked in from our coffee team, parking, everything, all the way to this moment. Um, we are in a series called The Road to the Resurrection, and really all we're trying to do is take the two weeks leading up to what we believe is the most significant moment maybe ever, I don't know, Christmas, Easter, like those two are a big deal for the church and for anyone who calls himself a follower of Jesus. And so it was our heart to really unpack these like kind of two weeks leading to the resurrection. And last week we talked through John 11, which is this beautiful chapter. It's this moment where Jesus uh, raises Lazarus from the dead. We unpacked all Tons of it. We read a lot of scripture last week. But the reason why it was so significant was because, at least for me, I feel like it's this catalyst, this moment where everything changes for Jesus, where he goes from just being this awesome guy who does miracles to now the Jews really hate him. Now people want him dead. He's, he's gained all this momentum. He's gained this kind of like, uh, just like popularity, if you will, where people are like, what is going on? This guy's the real deal. Like he is literally raising people. He's not just healing arms anymore. He's not just healing blind men. He is literally raising people from the dead. And so in that moment, he weeps. He has this beautiful moment with close friends and he, he seals his fate. He really does for you and for me. He, he calls out Lazarus and he calls us out from our grave and says, I'll put myself there instead. And it's really this like beautiful moment where he recognizes that as I, as I raise Lazarus from the dead, I now seal my fate and he begins that journey to the cross. And so I wanna read a little bit what happens after that. Today, like Calista said earlier, is traditionally known as, as Palm Sunday or the triumphal entry we usually unpack. Um, there's certain days in the church calendar a preacher doesn't get to pick. It just is what it is, what it is. And, and, I, and I do wanna mention that. I think it's significant like he, he is coming in. This is a powerful moment. He's coming into Jerusalem. Everyone, especially the Jews, are expecting a mighty warrior on a steed. You know, like, like Shrek 2, not Shrek 1, when, when donkeys like that beautiful white, like, I'm a noble steed. Like that's what they're expecting. They're expecting a warrior to come in to like, like lay the groundwork to take over militarily, politically, someone to overthrow the Romans, to like help the Jews come out of the oppression they're under and to set them free. And instead in that moment, Jesus does what only Jesus can do. On his road to the resurrection, he comes humbly. He comes ready not to take over as, you know, king in that moment, although we proclaim him King Jesus because of what he did. He doesn't come in to be like president. It's nothing like that. He humbles himself and we see this beautiful moment again, and this has been the heartbeat of this series, is watching Jesus's humanity in the last two weeks lead up to the divinity of who he is on the cross. And he comes in and he rides on a donkey. And this, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy, uh, Zechariah 9.9. And it's this beautiful moment where he comes as servant humbly. But right before that, 
right before the triumphal entry, which was what we're supposed to preach on, all, on, on the Sunday before Easter Sunday, I wanna focus on something else, something we often skip, something we, we miss. After he raises Lazarus from the dead, after he does that, the Bible says this, that, that there were Jews who wanted to, to, to honestly kill him and kill Lazarus. They, they felt like all the control and all the power, all this popularity was going to Jesus and then the Romans would get upset about it. And so this little power and control that the Jews did have was gonna be taken from them. And so this is what the Bible says Jesus does in this moment. This is John 11, verse 54. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness, to a village called Ephraim, and where he, where he actually stayed with his disciples. I just wanna stop there for a moment. He just does the most powerful miracle, maybe in his entire walk. He raises a guy who was dead for four days, the King James Version actually says he stinketh. Like that's, it's in there. Take a look. Like he, he performs this miracle that is so powerful and evident that everyone starts following him. And now what does he do? I'm thinking he's gonna take over. He's gonna take his shot. No, he stops. He withdrew. And he spends some time with his closest friends. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, verse 55, it's still in John 11, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for the ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. So they're getting ready. This is a big moment for them. They kept looking for Jesus. And as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? But the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they may arrest him. Let's just keep reading. Now we're right into John 12. It says this, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus's honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Can you imagine? Lazarus is just like feet up, loving life. Oh man, it's, I don't know why. I just picture him feet up. Sometimes Bo will do that. Like anyways, it doesn't matter. I just, I get such a vivid picture here. Then Mary took a pint of Purinard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. After the miracle, he withdraws. And then before he actually comes in to Jerusalem, what does he do? He has dinner with his closest friends. He, he, he takes time continually again and again and again. This is really common for Jesus. You'll read it in, throughout the Gospels, Matthew 19. It came to pass, Jesus had finished these words. He withdrew from Galilee, took some time to himself. Mark 3, uh, Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples, just with his disciples, even though a great multitude had seen him the day before. Luke 5, 6, and he often withdrew in, by himself into the wilderness and he prayed. He withdrew privately to a town called Bethsaida. This is Luke 9, verse 10. Like, he constantly is taking time to stop, to pause, to reflect, to meet with friends, to meet with his disciples. It's interesting. We, we love the miracles of Jesus. When Jesus heals, when Jesus does something powerful, it reminds us of what? Like his supremacy, that he is, he is the son of God, that he is all powerful, his, his divinity. But again, there's these beautiful moments of humanity where Jesus stops and has dinner with his closest friends, where Jesus stops and celebrates at someone's wedding, where Jesus stops and just goes away because he wants to get away from all the noise. We can learn something from this part of Jesus. The resurrection, yes, it was, it was the greatest miracle 
by Jesus, but the, the road to the resurrection was, was his greatest ministry. And I think sometimes we assume Jesus' ministry was miracles, but those things are very different. Jesus didn't come just to perform miracles. He said it himself, that's not why he came. He actually came for the Jews. He actually came for something greater than that. But he modeled a life of community, of gathering, of eating, of drinking, of resting, of, of coming together so that, so that we, I think, also would stop and get away from all the noise. There is so much noise right now. There is so much noise. There's so much stuff trying to grab our attention. There's not products to buy. We are the product and it's just constantly going on in our minds. We cannot get away from it. And here, before his greatest moment, he stops. He reflects. He rests. He refocuses. He doesn't nap, okay? For all you nappers. I know, there's that word, Darren, do you have it? There's like this meme that I see, I see people post this all the time. I don't know if we, this. This is, have you seen this? He put it on this font. There's like this, this is your gentle reminder that one time in the Bible, Elijah was like, God, I'm so mad, I want to die. So he said, here's some food. Why don't you have a nap? That didn't happen. That's not what happened. He had the nap and then an angel comes by and he's like, stop sleeping. You don't need sleep. So stop napping. This is false. This is bad theology. There's no theology. Napping is not a thing. That's not what you need. You probably need less of it, honestly. That's why you're so groggy. I'm so tired. I've only slept 17 hours. It's like resting and refocusing and refueling doesn't happen without Jesus. Your Sabbath is not a day away from the church and God. Your Sabbath isn't a Sabbath unless it has God. And in this, he's modeling something really powerful. There's a gathering point around who? Around one person, and he is it. That's why the Bible says that this dinner was in his honor. Friends, I want you to see this, because um, right now we're kind of in a fun time in our church, and I'll, and I'll explain why. We, we're at a semester break, and we enjoy Easter together, and we celebrate, and we we have fun and we party. And then kind of after Easter, we restart our semesters. We have three semesters in our year. And what that really is, is, is small group semesters. And you hear us talking about this a lot, a lot, because we recognize and we honestly want to, we want to model what Jesus modeled, which was a life of community, of together, of, of one-on-one, two, like all those moments where we can deeper understand him. This is fun. This is good. But this isn't enough. This isn't all you need. This won't actually be enough to get you through. That's why we have these moments where we come together shoulder to shoulder and we have small groups. Maybe they'd be better called life groups or connect groups. I honestly think small groups is the church's way to making sure we do what God put in our hearts, which is to be really good friends. We've gotten really bad at it. So the church calls it small groups, but really it's just Christian friendship. And I want you to see this in this story that before he goes and does anything else, before he comes in, before he has the, the last supper, before all of those powerful moments, even the last supper, like it's really these powerful moments together, eating, enjoying, celebrating, refocusing, refreshing with close people who will bring you closer to Jesus. And so tonight I wanna do something a little bit different. I wanna implore you, I wanna encourage you we need to get into groups. Funny enough, this, there's always this cycle, at this, specifically with young adults, and then we're gonna, we're gonna actually have a small group leader come up and we're gonna do a little interview and talk with her. We grow and we get these leaders who are really excited to lead a small group for young adults. 
And then people are like, I need, a, I need a small group. And I don't have, there's not enough. So we find leaders. We find people like Calista and Ian who are like, we will host a young adult co-ed group. It's gonna be awesome. And Jessica and Jordan and, and these different people who are like, we will lead, we will do it. I will put, and then you know what people do? You're like, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need a group. It's only exam season and I'm stressed out. I'm fine. I'm fine. We do the Ross, right? We're like, I'm fine. This, I'm fine. My voice is squeaky, but I'm fine. We think we're fine. Or, we, or it's summer's coming. We make up excuse after excuse after excuse. And then small group leaders get really bummed out because they've opened their home. They're ready to receive you. And then they're like, okay, maybe we don't need groups. And then we get this rush of people being like, I need a group. Where are all the group leaders? And then they write, and it's just this, this thing and it keeps clashing. And so can I just pastorally say to this community, specifically, if you're a young adult in here, you need a group. You need family and friends and people who will meet with you on Tuesday and Wednesday. And, and when that test is coming, they're gonna text you and say, I'm praying for you. Or when, that, when, when the breakup happens, or something happens, they're, they're there for you. They're sending meals to you. They're, they're, they're buying you a gift card just because they love you. They're, they're taking care of you. And that is happening. I wanna, I wanna encourage you. That is happening in our community. There is one group and they often like, they sit right over here um, and they, they have been meeting and, and doing life together so well. I have been so encouraged and so inspired. And so I could, I could preach until I'm blue in the face about why you need a small group. But instead tonight, we're gonna have a conversation with a small group leader in your community who is, who is doing this, who understands this, who is seeing the fruit of this. And we took some time to go and kind of film their small group and get in touch with them. And so we, I wanna show you a video. It's a little bit longer than you know one minute or whatever it is. So, so watch this, enjoy this, and stay in your seats because we're gonna have a further conversation on, on why we need to model what Jesus did even right before the cross. Take a look at this. I think just like six months or a year ago, you wouldn't have caught me anywhere near a church or anywhere near spending my afternoon reading a Bible. Mm -hmm. And now that's like my happy place. And just like having this group of girls to like help me. And that journey has been so helpful. Even though you're having like a stressful week or there's a lot going on, you have like a dependable group of girls that mm -hmm. are cheering you on. Mm -hmm. You maybe don't even talk about what's going on in your week, but you like meet and you pray and you read the Bible together mm -hmm. and you have people that care about you. Even though your week might be stressful, you know that you can count on people. when I joined my small group, but I found it like very encouraging. Growing up, I didn't have any sort of kind of youth group like this, so it's definitely very supportive. I think I was nervous. I was worried that people wouldn't be committed to coming. And I feel like especially for like our age group, it seems like sometimes people can be flaky, yes. but it was really encouraging to know that everyone was like looking for community. moments where I'm like I need someone right now like I need to know that someone's on my team right now and I've just sent out a text be like hey this is going on can you pray for me and it's just like within minutes like praying 
praying, like, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. It's kind of this built-in community of, like, we're with each other's for, uh, like, some of our lowest lows, um, and some of our highest highs. In September was my first time moving to Victoria, and I was super nervous because people told me that moving to the island, like, oh no, you're gonna lose your faith, like, you're not gonna find community. And so it was just like <laughs> such a blessing that I was able to find that here, and it just like happened so smoothly and so perfectly that like God's hand was so evident in it. Sorry, I did not know when that ended. My bad. <laughs> Guys, that is a terrible clap for a committed, incredible, wonderful, blessed small group. Come on. I want to invite um, the leader of that small group. She serves here diligently. She plays violin often. And can you give uh, one more time? Put your hands together for Bria. She's going to come up. Hey, Brent. Brenda, will you grab that chair for us? Thanks so much. You got to hold the clap till she gets here. That's like a... Come on. The chairs right here. I just felt it was necessary that we did something like this because um, there is so much life in her small group. There's, and that's not even your whole group, right? No, there was quite a few who weren't there. Like, like that's half of them? Well, there's maybe like five that weren't there. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people in this small group, but I just, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, Bria. Like, I, I see the way you serve. Your, your girls are always over here. You're like, take up a whole row. You, you're consistent. You guys come together. You, you get coffee before. You hang out after. There's just this beautiful sense of Christian community. And I hope and pray that every person in here has something like that. Yeah. Because what you, guys, what you do and the way you serve, it's just amazing. And so, like, one more time, can we just show some love to Bria and her group? Because I really am encouraged and inspired by it. It's really encouraging. I might make you clap again for it. So don't get annoyed, you flaky McFlakersons over there. Okay, when they said flaky, I almost spat my water out because that is the most accurate description. Bria, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been coming to Coastline, uh, where are you from originally, do you, are you from the island, what do you do for fun? Okay. If you camp in Tofino, it's fine, just say it. I good. love Tofino. And you feel it. I think it's amazing. Uh, one of my favorite places. Love to go there. Who doesn't love Safino, <laughs> right? I knew that'd be a big win. Um, but actually, I do love to surf, so Tofino's a great Me place too. for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up in Abbotsford, BC, Bible Belt. So one, I heard a clap somewhere. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but I've been coming to Coastline for like four and a half years, which feels really wild. COVID kind of like those two years, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but... It has. Um, yeah, I kind of moved to Victoria not knowing anybody, and that was the second time I had done something oh, like wow. that. Um, this is kind of segueing into like later, but I'll just continue. Um, yeah, so I moved to Victoria. I was living in PEI for a year, um, and I also didn't know anyone there, but just wanted to try something new. Um, and kind of like Sarah was saying in the video about, you know, doing something like that. There's right. people who are like, well, what are you doing? You're going to lose your faith. You don't have a community. Like, what the heck? Um, but I just felt like 
that's what I was supposed to do. And God's hand was very evident in that. And he just placed me in this community of believers. And it was the first time I'd really experienced like true Christian community. Um, and they just welcomed me in and they did like a little small group in their house. It was like so cozy and definitely what I've like modeled mine after. Um, and we just ate meals together, did worship. Um, and it was just so interesting because moving somewhere and not knowing anybody, um, you just, you're not picky about who your friends are. You just need people because like, hello, you can't be alone. So um, yeah, that group was like very pivotal for me um, just to realize how life-giving it was and seeing so many different people like with not much in common, um, just having this one shared faith and just seeing what like deep friendships can come out of that. Um, so yeah, I was there for a year, um, and then just felt like that was always my plan, and, um, at the end of the year, it was actually really hard to leave because I'd made such good friends, um, way more than I ever expected, like, solid Christian friends who really challenged me in my faith, and that was such a turning point for me, but I felt like at the end of the year, um, I was supposed to leave and come back west, my family's all here, but... Um, it was hard because, you know, I'm leaving, like, what am I doing? I finally found this community, but now I feel kind of like I'm called to leave. It was almost felt like when the disciples scatter, it's hard when you find that group, but sometimes you, you do need to leave it. So anyways, I ended up leaving and coming here. And again, I didn't know anybody, but I just really felt actually it was the night before I moved here, um, drove across the country. I was at a worship night and I felt God saying that he was going to use me in Victoria. And I just thought, okay, like, I don't see how, but that's great. Um, yeah, so I just moved here with like that and not much else. Um, and that was, yeah, like almost five years ago wow. now. And and what, what, what made you want to be a small group leader? Because there's a lot of things, like you, you play violin. There's lots of, we've seen you like, lead us in worship, but what made you want to be a small group leader? Did you have fears about it? Um, even fears about just leadership in general. Like, how, how has it been stepping into, like, hey, I am in charge of the group tonight. I got to have a plan here. Was there fears there? Like, because, you, like you said, like, you didn't have community, and so you were like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to okay. make community. I'm going to make sure this, this takes place. Yeah, I had a lot of fears. I'm not really a center of attention person. I don't like to talk a lot. Um, so it's, it's very strange that like I'm doing this, honestly. Um, I'm kind of the last person that you would expect. I'm super introverted. So it, Wait, <laughs> wait a second. Introverts can lead small groups? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Take note, take note. <laughs> Jesus is real. Yeah, that's not me making fun of introverts. That sounded like I was making fun, but I'm not. I'm like, I love that you say that. You're like, I'm the, I'm the last person, and yet you have such incredible, strong... Anyways, I'm just, again, so impressed by it. Can we just give it up for Bria? Like, can we just say... <laughs> Sorry, Bria. Sorry. Okay. Continue. What made you want to be a leader? Yeah, it was really, like, my time um, being in a group that, like, God planted this seed, and I felt like... It was such a unique experience that I had, and I felt like he was like calling me to bring that here, honestly. Um, but it was a long wait, actually. Like I, I had that dream and that desire, but it didn't materialize, obviously, until um, there's a number of factors. Like I was working a job where it was shift work, so it's hard to be committed. Um, 
well, not committed, but, you know, have a routine. Um, and, yeah, lots of things that, I mean, I thought were barriers, but now looking back, I'm like, actually, I probably still could have made it work, but in my mind, I was kind of waiting for this perfect time. Um, I had been, like, living in a smaller apartment and thought, oh, I can't have people here. It's too small. Who has a big place in Victoria? Like, no one. Um, but I was, like, you know, waiting until I had a bigger spot. But, um, yeah, I just really had this desire. Like, I even, I had a hard time finding Christian friends in Victoria for a while. Like, I was coming to the church, but, you know, it's not, like, some people's story, they meet people right away, and it's really seamless, and other people, it's not. Um, so everyone's story is really different, and I've just felt like God was kept telling me to be patient and just to trust him and that like it would happen but it's really hard when you know you know it's a good thing and you want it but it doesn't come right away um but I really feel like in that time God just opened my eyes um and really showed me like what it like almost like how to be a small group leader because I'd been through like having a challenging time so it's just like showing me okay like what would I have wanted um, when I moved here and didn't know anybody and so I just feel like I'm kind of hyper aware and I now I can see people you know like sitting alone and that's really just like the heart of it is to connect people it. yeah it's really it and I think sometimes there, there feels like this big pressure when it comes to leading a small group and we I just or even just being a part of one and I think really the, the harder the heartbeat of all things that are small groups is really just a point of connection around the gospel, around Jesus, around Christian community. And again, like, didn't have the apartment or this thing. And we can put excuse after excuse, but ultimately at what point are you going to weigh the costs of not having Christian community in your life? And I think, I just, that's why I love your story. It's just like, could have maybe even done it earlier now that I look back at it. Like, I, I, yeah, I just think there's so many things we can say that, of why we can't. But there's reasons where we just have to start. And there are people who are willing to lead groups and build that. Can I just ask a little more, like, what's your favorite thing on group night? What is, is it Wednesday night? Whatever night it is, it's like, what is, like, the best part about Bria's small group? The snacks. <laughs> what is the best snack we're, of small group? We're big into grandma snacks, actually. We do a lot what? of grandma snacks like we've got like Werther's digestive crackers um lately we've been doing more like we did freedom so we had to bring out the chips and the candy nice. all the real good stuff right. but on a typical night like those those like milk like those chocolate protein like what are those called yeah insure okay, I just picture no, like my grandma had insures you know that's more and, like, nutrition more, yeah that's right. that's not a snack <laughs> lots of tea lots of tea no insure <laughs> Uh, that's the thing too like groups fun I know for me like I've been in I've been in groups I've led groups like all those moments and like I just love going to a group and just being like I don't I wear my slippers like I I don't need to be Pastor Lucas in a group I come and there's banana bread or there's nothing or it's our turn to bake and so we bake something and it's just like this collective of like I'm always like oh, I don't want to go to a group I'm tired tonight but then you get to group and you're like I'm so thankful I was at my small group tonight and again, I just want to encourage you that. What would you say, Bria, to someone who, who feels like small group is just like kind of this classic Christian cliche, like every church has to do something on the side of Sundays so they do groups. Like what would you say to the person who maybe has even tried group and it didn't work and so now they're just, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. What would you say to that person in here who maybe even, similar to you, has moved to Victoria and is having a bit of a difficult time finding community? Um, yeah, I would say, first of all, it's not cliche at all. Like, it's honestly so fundamental to 
um, faith, and it, it is fun. It's not just like you're sitting in a circle holding hands with your eyes closed, like singing kumbaya, you know, and like that's it. Um, like honestly, the first part, we just like talk about our day and our week, and we have food, and my cat runs around, and we laugh, and it's it's just really fun. And then, you know, we get into the heart of things, and a lot of it really like has been a theme of like it's hard to be a Christian in Victoria sometimes. It's hard to be a Christian at university when it feels like there's not a single Christian in your class. Maybe you're the only one. So like just having people around that you can share that with to help build each other up is really important. And like if there's people who have tried a small group and it doesn't feel like a good fit, because um, I know sometimes we can go in and we can feel like, oh, you know, we're just doing this because we have to, but these people maybe, they don't want to be my friend outside of this. It's just something we do like once a week, but I really do feel like there, there's so much room to make like meaningful friendships there. And I think it's something that like, you have to pursue and it's so yes. worth pursuing. It's not something that like, you know, you try once and oh, I guess, God doesn't want that for me and great for everyone else. It's like, he might just have a different path to get you there. And there's going to be a lot of growth along the way, even in those like hard moments where you feel like you just want it now. Like I would just say like, keep trying. Maybe it's not the right group, but like he does have like some community for you, but you just, you just got to keep pushing. Yeah. I agree. And I think sometimes we feel like it's, it's the church that should just, why don't you have a group for me? But honestly, community is hard. It's a challenge, and, and nowhere in this incredible book does it say that it's not a challenge. That does take some energy. It does take some effort. It does take some perseverance. I met a guy this morning, and he's tried three groups, and it, I was like, oh, man, maybe, maybe why, why are none of these groups working? But that third group was a perfect fit with his schedule, with his timing, and, and with the group of guys that he found a group with. And so can I encourage you, like Bria's saying, to keep trying? Last question as we kind of wrap up. I, I would love for you just to maybe if you can, be bold here. Like, what would you say to the person who wants to lead a group but has kind of been scared and backed out a little bit? Or even to the community, like, we, we always say here, like, there's, there's people in here who have gifts. I know that you do, and, and you need to be serving in those gifts, but maybe they feel scared to use it, to do it, to lead a group. What would you say to that person who needs to just step out, to the introvert, if you want? Yeah. I would say um, just take that step. Like, for me... When I had a moment where I was like, oh my goodness, I'm one person and there's so many people in this group. Like, I don't even have a co-lead. Like, what am I doing here? Um, and God really just spoke to me and was like, all you need to do is show up and I'm going to do the rest. And I was like, oh, right, of course. Like, it's not just on me. And so it's not just on you either. Like, right. he just wants, it's kind of, I was thinking a lot about... Um, a few different verses, but you know, the parable of the boy who just brings what he has, like the fish and the loaves. And, you know, God could have, you know, multiplied whatever to get that, but he chose to use that boy and what he offered. And he made like this miracle out of it. And I feel like that's what he wants from, from you, just to offer what you have, even if it's really small, even if you have like a bachelor apartment and you have room for like two or three people, like that's still something that he can multiply and he can use in such a powerful way. And there's no perfect time, like we were saying, like yeah. just take that step and just see what God's gonna do. And I really feel like he's gonna honor that because there's so many people, even in the last few weeks that I know like Calista and I were talking about, like there's such a hunger for community. And I feel like every week there's people who are wanting a group and are looking for connection. 
Um, and like it says in Matthew, like the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So to pray for more workers. Um, so just an example of that, I was really praying for that this week. Um, I just felt like, okay, if God is Lord of the harvest and he's asking me to just ask for more workers, like that's a great prayer. I should just do that and see what happens. So I prayed that. And within two hours, I got a text from one of our girls who was asking me about leading a small group. And I was like, very surprised. And I shouldn't have been even surprised, but I was because it was such a fast response. I was like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. I just feel like there's such a need for people to step up and also for people to take that leap of faith and join a group um, because it is such a like powerful experience to be part of. And it, honestly, I do think it'll change your life and it'll just give you that solid foundation for so many years to come. So good. One more time, put it together for Bria. Thanks so much, Bria, for all you're doing. The worship team's gonna join us as we close, and I just wanna, I just wanna end tonight with a story, if I can. Um, I just wanna encourage you in this moment to hear what, we're try- well, hear what I'm trying to say, hear what Bria is saying. Um, this life is not, it's not fun living and, and walking and journeying down alone. And there are people who want to commune with you. There are new groups opening for this semester, just for this semester. And then we all break as a church for the summer. And you may think, well, like, what's the point of getting in a group for a few weeks or a few months before I go away? Or I'm like, there is a point, there is a reason to make, a, like, a, a, to build a Christian foundation and community for yourself here in this city could not be more important. I just want to continue to advocate for that for you. And I just want to say, I was talking to a friend last night. Um, and uh, he's, he's a police officer in my area where I live. And I was just, I was talking to him and we were chatting and I, he just asked for prayer. And he asked for prayer because he said, I only went to three calls last night and every single one of them were young adults and all of them were suicide attempts. And I was blown away by that. I was absolutely, my heart sank. I didn't have words to pray. And I'm not trying to lambast one person's journey to force you into group because I don't want to use heaviness to threaten you to get into a group. That's not, my, that's not my heart. But I tell you the reality, the humanity that we are experiencing right now. I explain to you out of, out of deep concern how badly I know this generation. And I know, again, all ages are welcome here, but if you are young at all, I'm talking to you right now how important it is you have people in your life who love you, who care for you, who bring you close to Jesus, who pray with you when you're hurting, who see you when you're broken, who they know with even a look that something isn't going so well. We all need that. Jesus had his closest friends, his disciples. He had people around him. He constantly was around them. And I want to encourage you to find a group of people that, that you know, they're not Jesus, but they, they do everything they can to be as close to him as they can for you. And I want to encourage you to not find yourself trapped in emptiness or hurt, but to believe that there is a community, a church, and a God who loves you, who sees you. This needs to be the season, friends, that you get into a group. Or even just go and talk to someone about it. Or maybe you want to begin to lead one. Maybe... In the place you're in, you are already thinking about next fall, September, when you get back, that I'm gonna lead a group no matter how busy my schedule is. Can I please encourage you? I really am like pushing this so hard because I know that this is where great Christian, where your great faith like honestly is grown. It happens in community. 
These moments we have on Sunday are powerful, but it's the ministry time together with friends where you really sinks in deep. And so can I encourage you to get in a group today? Our team's gonna be over there at the next step table. It's just kind of the left of the coffee bar. It's where you, there's like all those different machines and stuff. Go over there, talk to someone. I saw Justin, I saw Jordan over there. Jordan's leading a group. Like there are people who wanna get you connected. If you have questions, talk to us as always. But this is the time, a week before Easter, don't just wait for the miracle, but also get involved in the ministry of what is happening here and what can really bless your life. Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray over you tonight. Heavenly Father, I know for many tonight may feel like another urge to do the same thing that we've talked about doing, but, but it didn't work last time. But Jesus, I know right now you're ministering to hearts. You are, you are pushing people out of a place of isolation and loneliness and into community and into, into together. So Jesus, I just pray over every heart here, every person. I pray that they would never feel like they walk alone, not just because they have you, Holy Spirit, but they have a church who is close to them. They have a community that loves them. God, I pray for the person who has tried a group before, would they get in a group before the semester starts? I pray that there would be people who are inspired by Bria's testimony to begin to lead a group, no matter what they think they need to have as a leader or, or even the facility or materialistic things. God, would we step out? Would we, would we begin to not just you know, be the generation, but lead our own generation? Would we be people who say more than anything else, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus and bring as many people close to me as I can. Lord, I pray that this would be a community that welcomes all, that's inclusive and brings people in. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name that people would step into groups, they'd step into ministry, they'd step into moments and miracles with you, Jesus. And everybody said, 